0: Having an issue connecting, so I'll go without um, the overheads tonight. Um, of course, some of you know that um, I was Pam and I were out of town last week. Of course, appreciate Brother Donald um, did a masterful job. If you haven't, if you weren't here for that message, or if you're watching online and, and have not heard that uh, message, it's it's a word from the Lord that you need to uh, access. You can watch it, you can listen to it, or both, and. Amen. Um, But tonight I want us to uh, begin a verse that I think a lot of us know. I hope you know where it's found, 2 Corinthians 5 and 7. He says, For we walk by faith, not by sight. For we walk by faith, not by sight. There are a lot of verses in the New Testament that talk about you and I Uh, walking out and living out the salvation experience that we have received. One of the ways we communicate that around here is the inward realities of the new birth becoming an outward expression of life. Paul said to the Philippians, a verse that is Confusing to a lot of people. He instructed them to work out their own salvation with fear and trembling. And there are those who have misunderstood that verse to think that it means negotiate your own deal or work out your own deal with God and that's certainly not what he's talking about there. It's another way of communicating the manifestation of what's true about us now inwardly in our outward life and that is a a walk that is that is something that we do on a daily basis in our lives along the course of our study we've looked at the verse where we're instructed as we therefore receive Christ Jesus the Lord so walk ye in him once again he's talking about our walking out in our daily life reality what's already been given to us, what's already uh, true about us inwardly, our opportunity now to experience and express those things in our daily life. And so now we see walk by faith, not by sight. Some of you have read my book, Becoming a Threat to Addiction. And in that book, among other things, I communicate... The many different reasons that people try so hard at addiction recovery only to relapse or fail in the end. And I state in that book that I believe the number one reason people fail at addiction recovery is that they don't know what it actually is. Many, many years ago, I was teaching a room full, a chapel full of men and women that were in a residential recovery program, and I asked them how many had ever looked up the word recovery in a dictionary. It wasn't in my notes, it was just kind of, I know now it was spirit-led, because when I asked them that question, I was expecting a lot of hands to go up in the room, not a single hand. And I thought, well, maybe they did not understand me, so i rephrased the question again. No one raised their hands. Well, I kept on with what the Holy Spirit had given me for that class and that uh, group that morning, but I filed that away in the back of my mind and heart as something significant. And took it before the Lord later that morning after I was alone with him. And he led me to ask the question a different way. And the next morning, I rephrased the question. I said, would someone in here like to tell me what recovery means to you? And in that particular class that morning, there were, uh, matter of fact, the whole class time was taken up with different people sharing with everyone else what recovery meant to them. And this is what the Lord showed me through that experience. Everyone had their own understanding of what it meant to them. And at least most, I'll say it this way, most of the people, what they shared as far as what recovery meant to them was part of the answer, but it wasn't the complete picture. And in the book, I explain that how you define recovery determines two very important things, how you go about it and when you think you've got it. Now, I'm not here to teach you on addiction recovery tonight. I'm using this to set up where we're headed tonight, okay? How you define recovery. I believe the number one reason people try so hard at addiction recovery only to fail in the end, number one's a lot of reasons, but the number one reason is they don't know what it is and how they think they know. That's why a lot of people have believed that they've recovered from addiction only to find out later that they actually have not. It's because what they thought was recovery actually wasn't recovery at all. Now, why am I bringing that up tonight in relationship to 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 7? It's because these same issues surround understanding how to receive from God in general and how faith functions in that process in particular. There is a tremendous amount of ignorance, error, wrong thinking, and misunderstanding when it comes to walking by faith and receiving from God. And this is causing God's people to be cheated to be cheated out of what God has given to them. And I could go back through that whole long list of verses. We've been through it multiple times. I'm not going to do it again. But just remember, the Bible says... Now you have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit, 1 Corinthians 2.12, but the spirit who's from God, so that you might know the things that have been freely given to you by God. So we've been given things that we don't even know that we have, all things that pertain to life and godliness, every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus, by his stripes you were healed. And we, the, the list is exhaustive and extensive of the new birth realities that we have right now possession of in our innermost being. Now, how do we walk in the fullness of these things? How do we experience and express, enjoy these new birth realities in our daily life reality? It's learning how to walk those things out, work those things out, experience those things on a daily basis as we walk by faith. So when we say there's ignorance, error, wrong thinking, misunderstanding when it comes to walking by faith and receiving from God, and this is causing God's people to be cheated, remember the verse we looked at in Colossians chapter 2 and verse 8 where he specifically says beware lest anyone cheat you through philosophy and we covered what all these things are empty deceit traditions of men basic principles of the world and not according to Christ and not according to Christ now there's another passage I going to bring it up on the table just if I could real quick like and, and just keep this in, in, in mind because <clears throat> we know that God is such a merciful God And he's so kind and he's so gracious and and he 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 believes in us and uh, say it this way he gives us the benefit of the doubt and he'll overlook your faults to to proclaim your uh when you get it right you know from the rafters in heaven it's just he's just good to us like that he loves us like that and i think there's a lot of folks who excuse a lack of precision we're walking by faith and receiving from God our concern because, hey, you know, I mean, we are just kind of phone it in. After all, God's a good God, and if he wants me to have it, He'll he'll find a way to get it to me. Ha, ha, ha. And that's not how this works. It's not how any of this works. And we see this in Romans 4 where he specifically says that if it's going to be a gift, if it's going to be Based upon God's grace, something that you did not earn, you do not deserve, you cannot pay for. And if it's something that he's going to give you and anybody else has access to freely, then it it must be by faith. It must be by faith if it's going to be by grace. Now, if it's not going to be by grace, then we get into a whole other arena. That's the arena of what you deserve. That's the arena of, of of God owing you based upon how many times a week you go to church, how much you pray, how many times you, you, know, you read your Bible and all sort of stuff. And he certainly does reward those who diligently seek him. I'm not trying to talk, speak out of both sides of my mouth on that. But when we, we talk in terms of grace and what it is that God desires for you to have... The only way he can make that available to everyone is if he takes it out of the earning and deserving and him owing you arena into him giving it to you freely. Which means it's not of works, but it's based upon our faith. It's based upon our believing. Have you ever, I mean, I, I could give you a bunch of different examples of this, but I think when I say this, you're going to know what I mean. You can't have it both ways. Anybody ever? Man, how many times in life have we wanted it both ways? You know, we've wanted the cake and we wanted to eat the cake too. We well, can't have it both ways. I mean, it's, it's, it's either going to be uh, uh, grace-based or performance-based. And we want it to be grace-based, but because it's grace-based, then that brings us into a very specific established pattern of how to walk by faith and receive from God by faith. And and you think well you know come on god can't you just cut us some slack we're we're trying here you know well but remember what he says about that let not the man who doubts suppose he'll receive anything from god now that's pretty strong that's pretty that's pretty stiff but at least he's telling you that this is how it works okay now mark chapter 11 Verses 22, 23, and 24, we've turned there many, many times over the last several months. But one more time tonight, it says, So Jesus answered and said to them, Have faith in God. If you remember, the day before he spoke to the fig tree, the disciples thought maybe he was having a bad day or something was going on. But when they came past that fig tree the next day, it had dried up from the roots. And in astonishment, Jesus looked, the fig tree that you spoke to that you cursed, and Jesus In that moment where he had their attention, he said these words. He said, have faith in God. Now, I know you think, is he really going to read that verse again? I'm I'm going at it for a different reason tonight, so stay, stay tuned, please. He goes on to say, for assuredly, I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. Then he sums it up in verse 24, therefore I say, To you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. So we've looked at these multiple translations where the exact translation is believe whatsoever things you desire. When you pray, believe you've already received them and you will have them. Believe you've already received them and you will have them. Now, why are we going back to this tonight? We're going back to this tonight because when Jesus began this explanation with a statement, have faith in God. In other words, He says have faith in God. He's already demonstrated what having faith in God looks like. He spoke to the tree one day, came back the next day, and it was completely changed. He demonstrated it, and then states have faith in God and then proceeds to tell us what it looks like on a practical basis. And faith, having faith in God on a practical basis, looks like asking, believing you've already received, and then holding in your hands what it is that you've asked for. Now... We've said that the log gem for so many people is the believing they've already received because we are, we are locked into a one-dimensional approach to receiving that relies upon visual confirmation. I'll believe I have it. I'll believe I've received it when I have it. Well, that's not how faith works. And we can insist on trying to do it that way, but it's, <laughs> it's not going to produce the results. That we see, we should be experiencing in the scriptures. And it's back to, and, you know, I'm not going to try to re preach um, Donald's sermon, but, you know, he was talking about the position that we've been given and the pattern as it relates to being and doing. And there is an established pattern that has been lived out for us and recorded for us to look at and learn from. And that established pattern is uh, none other than Father Abraham. And we see that in Abraham's life, I told you a few weeks back, I'll remind you again, if you think you understand something about faith but cannot bring it alongside and find it in Abraham's example, you need to really ask God whether or not that's accurate. Because his example of walking in faith and receiving supernatural intervention into his life situation is so thorough and so precise that we're told to follow in his steps and to follow his example. So I ask you before, I'll ask you again. Compare I have received to I am receiving to I will receive. And... We're having to recondition our minds, and I think that's one of the reasons the Holy Spirit has, you know, led us to kind of linger at this point in our study for a, for a minute or two. Um, and by a minute or two, I mean by, a, you know, a week or two, a month or two. Is, is that's, that's the part that our minds need to adjust to, to accommodate. And I don't know about you, but I I mean I still catch myself sometimes saying, you know, I'm believing I'm going to receive, or, you know, I'm receiving a healing. No, I'm not not receiving a healing. I have received it. I have received it. And so there there is a big difference between have already received, in the process of receiving, and will one day receive. And it's the first I have received that we see Jesus pointing out to us in Mark 11, but then confirmed in Hebrews 11, where he says, Faith is the substance of things done and confidently expected, and it's the evidence of things done but not seen. That's Hebrews 11.1. Right. So I want to take that now, and I want to plug it back into Second Corinthians five and seven. Meaning what? I want us to consider walking by faith as walking as if you've already received. Amen. Remember now, listen to me please. There's a lot of ignorance, there's a lot of error, there's a lot of misunderstanding, there's a lot of wrong thinking in the body of Christ today. I'm, uh, absolutely, in the world, but the world, they, you know, they don't. They, they, we, amen. We're not, we shouldn't expect them to know these things, but God's people should. We need to know these things. We need to understand these things. And there's a lot of people who just they say things with such boldness and confidence, but it does not line up with the Scriptures. It does not line up with the established pattern that that we have to look to, to learn from, and to follow. And so, but remember now, how, how you think it works is going to determine how you go about it. And if you misunderstand, if you're ignorant, if you think it works one way when it works another, well, we're just going to keep being cheated. We're just going to keep missing out, and we don't want to do that anymore. Amen? All right. So when he says, just for sake of our understanding, have faith in God, exactly what did Jesus mean? He, he, he Ex- exemplified it for us, he he, he uh, modeled it, thank you Holy Spirit, he modeled it for us, and then he stated clearly, whatever things you desire when you pray, believe you've already received them and you'll have them. He spoke to a tree and nothing, uh, nothing visible changed, but the thing was done when he spoke. I'm going to get a little bit ahead of myself, and I just, this keeps... Jumping up in my spirit, so I'm to, it's not even in my notes. So, thank you for following along, Christopher. Don't look for this one; it's not in my notes. Okay, but again, does anybody remember Jesus saying that whosoever asks receives? Did he say that? Did he say whoever seeks finds? Did he say whoever knocks, it'll it'll be opened? Was he exaggerating? <laughs> was he just trying to tap our brakes and get our attention? R- remember several weeks back when the Lord spoke to us and He said, Every mountain you've ever spoken to in your entire lifetime by faith moved the moment you spoke to it. Just like that tree died when Jesus spoke to it. Didn't look like it died. Didn't look like anything happened to it. Didn't look like anything changed. It looked like anything was different. But Jesus confidently expected that tree to be withered up, and in this case, the, the next time they walk past it. Okay. So, what if we were to just simply take Jesus at His word? That this this whole believing Him and receiving from Him is not nearly as difficult, not nearly as hard to quote unquote get right as as. As religion and as the world and even as a lot of, even word of faith preachers try to make it out to be. If you ask, you receive. Okay? And, and faith then, having faith in God, is believing you've already received when it doesn't look like you've received anything. Believing that it's already done when it doesn't look like anything has changed. So let's consider walking by faith as walking as if you've already received. Walking meaning how you live your life. Your your life, your walk unfolds with the things that you think and the words that you speak and the things that you do. Your thoughts, your words, your actions. Walking by faith means your thoughts, words, and actions, right? Right? lining up with your belief that you've already received something that you do not yet see in the natural, physical realm. If what we believed we've already received and what we see always aligned with one another, there'd be no need for faith. That, I know, may be so obvious a statement But he's saying that you can either walk by faith or you can walk by sight, but you can't do both in the same way that you can walk in the spirit or you can walk in the flesh, but you can't do both. You can serve God or you can serve money, but you can't do both. He's talking about things that are contrary to one another. They're not just different from one another. They're, they're not just opposite ends of a spectrum. It's, it's much more than that. He's talking about things, when he says they're contrary to one another, he's, he's talking about they're opposed to one another. They're, they're in a death match. They're, they're, in a, they're in a fight to the bitter end with one another. These things are are opposed. They're contrary. We'll get to that verse here in just a moment. They're contrary to one another. Walking by faith and walking by sight are contrary to one another. You cannot walk by faith and by sight at the same time. So here's another way of of making that statement, or, or in this case, asking the question. Can you walk as if you have already received and by the way things look, seem, and feel at the same time. It's got to be one or the other. It's either or, it is not, and cannot be both and. Now, what we're talking about here is what we do after we believe we've already received. Remember we told you how silly it is to believe you've already received healing but to consult how you feel to decide whether or not you received anything. Let me say it again. If what we believe we've already received and what we see always aligned with one another, there'd be no need for faith. Faith is the evidence that we have received. Faith is the evidence that it is already done. evidence of what we can't yet see with our physical natural eyes. Now, I'm going to go off subject for a moment to try to better make the point, okay? Walking in love speaks of specific things we do. Am I right about this? In other words, if if we're going to walk in love, these are things and there are things associated with, with walking in love that we have to practice. Effort is involved for example, a beautiful way the Bible illustrates walking in love is this willingness to put the interests of others ahead of your own let, let me let me uh, try to, I'm not trying to paint a negative picture here because it, it's it's a beautiful, glorious thing but um, in, in if you're going to walk in love you're going you're going to find yourself uh, let's see how I can say this gently. You're going to find yourself in situations where you are inconvenienced. Right? So we're trying to figure out how we can walk in love and not be inconvenienced by by helping or doing or spending or... You you follow what I'm saying? We we can say it this way. Walking in love is going to cost you something. It's going to cost you some time. It's, It's going to cost you some opportunities. Amen? Where there was something you wanted to do, but then there was somebody else had a need, and because you couldn't do what you want to do and what that person needed you to do at the same time, you got an opportunity now to walk in love. You've got an opportunity to do for somebody else and helping them in, in, in some other way instead of doing what you would rather do. Now this is where this is where walking in love uh, unfolds. This is this is how you do it we it's 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 uh, real easy to talk about walking in love but it's a different thing altogether when we when we say you know what we're going to walk this love thing out here we're going we're going to actually do this so there's no such thing as effortless love and there's no such thing as effortless faith in the same way that walking in love is something you do regardless of the feelings There will be times, a lot of times, when you walk in love despite the feelings. You'd rather give them a knuckle sandwich and pray for them. So in the same way, walking in love is something you do regardless of the feelings. Walking by faith is something you do regardless of the feelings. Or in this case, regardless of the way it looks, regardless of the way it seems, and regardless of the way it feels. Now, I want to I try to help clear something up that, that I may have um, left you a little bit confused about last time I was with you, Wednesday before last, okay? Because when we talk about faith in, in terms of something that you do, and we'll look here in a moment at, the, at what the Word of God has to say about that in James, okay, when we, when we talk about faith as something that you do, it can be potentially confusing because what we do outwardly must be in response to what we've already believed inwardly. Now that may sound pretty simple, pretty straightforward, but I'm telling you there are a lot of people who get confused by that. James chapter 2, verses 17 and 18. Thus also, faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. But someone will say, you have faith, and I have works. Show me your faith, Without your works, and I will show you my faith by my works. Now, this is rooted in the early church. You know, the, when I say early church, it's all one church, but just, you know, people are transitioning from the old covenant, born and raised as, as devout Jews. And now they're introduced to this new covenant of grace by faith. And there are some who are saying, okay, well now it doesn't matter what we do. And, and James is, is, by the Holy Spirit, bringing some correction to that. And he's saying that, listen, what we do is still very important. But he says that my works are being carried out outwardly in response to and as a reflection of what I already believe inwardly. The uh, Weymouth translation is my favorite. It says, faith without corresponding action is dead. But the given here is that there is faith first. Now, what is faith? Jesus said, have faith in God. When Jesus said, have faith in God, what was the context of that? Have faith in God. The context of that was believing you've already received. Okay, you still with me? So, believing you've already received. So, here here is the uh, clarification, the precision, again, that we need. What we're talking about then is works because of faith, not as a substitute for faith or as an effort to compensate for doubt. You ever heard the expression that somebody knows just enough about something to be dangerous? And that's where a lot of the misunderstanding and error in the body of Christ has come from concerning the subject of receiving from God and, and in general and faith in particular. Is, and we've talked about this when we went through all those different important, you know, I'm hoping for this based upon what, I'm believing for this based upon what, and, and how all that really needs to look and be built uh, you know, in, into a person's life. But what's happened to a lot of folks is they've learned a little bit about one aspect of it. And now it's like, okay, so if I just don't ever say anything negative, I'm going to be all right. Well, that's a really good practice not to say, you know, guard your words and, 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 and say good things and say right things and, and don't say negative things. But do you realize how many people are trying to use that? as a substitute for believing they've already received and so from this you get all these things of denying there's even a problem and you know I'm just won't ever say the word and if I just don't ever say the word then that means I don't have whatever the doctors are trying to say I have and all stuff now don't think I'm talking out of both sides of my mouth here we we need to speak faith. We need to say what the Word says. We need to bring ourselves into agreement and alignment with that. And that is absolutely a critical, crucial part of all of this. But knowing little to nothing about God, knowing little to nothing about His Word, having little to no trust in Him, but just thinking, you know, if I never say the word cancer, then I won't have any problems with the diagnosis that I've been given. My friend, that's... That's that's not how this works. Are y'all hearing me? I'm not trying to... I'm trying to clear up confusion and I feel like I'm creating more. I'm not trying to create any confusion. I'm trying to help you see something here. So there is a difference between I believe I've already received and so now... Remember, it's a confession of hope anyway. It's a confident expectation based upon... I'm saying what I'm confidently expecting based upon what I believe I've already received but don't see yet. That's completely different than, well, just say good things and it'll be all right. So we're talking about works because of faith, not as a substitute for faith or as an effort to compensate for doubt. All right, I'm, is, the hour's getting a little late, so let me um, go with me um, 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 7. I hope you're getting something out of this tonight. I hope this is helping you. I want to. I want to really try to finish this up here in a, in a in a way that'll really help you. So let's. We're kind of taking a little side journey. All right, I'm trying to stay focused here, but this is this is related. There are things in the following verses that we'll come back to later. For now. I want you to pay attention to the inward realities that are mentioned here, inward realities of a new birth, becoming outward expression. And I want you to, I want you to hear and, and look for the established pattern uh, that's spoken to in, in this passage. Okay. So 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 7, it says, But we have this treasure in earthen vessels. And that's speaking of a lot of things, but for me I think of two things in particular. Number one, we have the Holy Spirit of God inside our earthen vessel, this physical body. We have the Holy Spirit of God living in us, the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead. And we have the glory that um, Jesus was given by the Father that empowered Him to do everything that He did on this earth. Every miracle He performed was because of that glory we've taught on this. And then in John 17, He asked the Father to give the glory that had been given to him to you and me. And so there's a lot more to it than that. But those are the two that just, man, I don't know, just really stand out to me as the treasure that we currently have right now in the earth and vessel. So these are new birth realities in the highest order. And he says, we have this treasure that the excellence of the power may be of God and not of us. Paul says he's hard pressed on every side, yet not crushed; we're perplexed, but not in despair; persecuted, but not forsaken; struck down, but not destroyed. Always carrying about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus. Listen very carefully to this now, in verse ten, that the life of Jesus also may be manifested in our body. For we who live are always delivered to death for Jesus' sake, and he and he doesn't just double down on it; he gets more specific that the life of Jesus also may be manifested in our mortal flesh. Wow. So then death is working in us, but life in you. Now listen to this, verse 13. And since we have the same spirit of faith, according to what is written, I believed... Double clutched it there, didn't I? I believed... And therefore I spoke. We also believe and therefore speak. Do you see the pattern? The pattern is not speak. You see what I'm saying? The pattern is I have believed and because I've believed, I have proclaimed. I have spoken. The idea behind making a faith confession is that it begins with faith. That then becomes something we confess. Now, listen to me very carefully because I'm, I'm wanting to, there's precision. Remember remember the gears? Remember the picture of the gears and, and everything being precise? So let's get precise about this. Faith by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. Sometimes, I wouldn't say sometimes, I would just say about every time. Amen. A woman with the issue of blood, the Bible says, that she said within herself continually, if I but touch the hem of his garment, I will be made whole. So we can confess the word and speak the word and give glory to God because of his word, m- memorize the word, listen to the word, hear the word, and what is it doing? It's building us up in faith. It's... it's, it's, it's it's feeding and nourishing and stirring and awakening and arousing that faith within us. So, we speak the Word and confess the Word and and speak to our own soul the Word of God, but then we come to that, I call it like a tipping point, to where it's like something shifts on the inside of you. and And that's when you believe you've already received. Amen. It's like Vanessa said years ago before uh, her and Matt conceived Daniel. She said, I will not believe I am any more pregnant than I am right now when I hold a test in my hand that says I am. See, she believed, her and Matt believed they had already received. Do you see the difference there, right? Now, there there was a process of getting to that point where thoughts come in and say this and experience tells you that and you know where you you know how it looks how it seems how it feels right which is contrary to what you believe you've already received and there is a struggle that takes place in our minds in our thinking between those two positions had another two hours, I'll explain to you, and we'll get there, I promise. But how the outward man operates in sight. The outward man, like the flesh, the outward man operates in the way things look, seem, and feel. The innermost being operates in what's done, things done, and what we've already believed. Right? The Word of God. Who God is, what God has done, all this, right? So, you've got these two parts of you that are at odds with one another. And we see that if we think according to the way it looks, seems, and feels, then our life experience will conform to the way it looks, seems, and feels. But if our minds think on and listen to what the Word of God says that's true about us right now, right? That's, that's where that, that grows within us. Amen, are you seeing this? And in other words, you set your mind on the things of the flesh, you'll follow our things of the flesh. Set your mind on the things of the Spirit, you'll follow our things of the Spirit. If you set your mind on the things of the spirit long enough, the Bible says eventually your very senses, your very senses will be trained to discern good and evil. See, so here, here's the amazing thing about it: what goes on in your outward reality, it can't change your innermost being, but it can cause it to stand down, it can override it and overrule it, can't change it but it can cause it to conform. That's the word right there. The outward man can only bring conformity to the outward experience, but the inward man can bring transformation to the outward experience. Well, I tried to give you too much there at the end, but there's a lot more to come on that. Stand with me, please. Praise God. So, walking by faith, give you some homework okay walking by faith then as it relates to 2nd Corinthians 5 and 7 means bringing your thoughts words and actions into agreement with what you believe you've already received that's how you walk by faith now let's go back to love is there effort involved in love are there going to be some things that are going to be challenging? Maybe some things that your flesh don't like. There's going to be some inconveniences. There's going to be some correction. going to be some things we've got to learn. Can you get better at displaying and expressing the love of God to, to other people with practice? Yes, you can. You can increase in it and grow in it and develop in it and become strong in it. Well, guess what? Guess what? You can do the same thing with... The effort that's involved in bringing your thoughts, words, and actions into agreement with what you believe you've already received. That's different than bringing your thoughts, words, and actions into agreement with what you think you will one day receive. See, again, it's back to have received, are receiving, will receive. Amen. We must continue to endure in hope, supported by faith, until what we have believed brings what we see into alignment. Amen. Amen. Father, you're good to us. Thank you for what you're teaching us. Thank you for helping us, Lord, tonight. Father, your word, your word says that the word of God is like a hammer that breaks the rocks into pieces. And so, Lord, we're just going to keep chipping away, chipping away, chipping away. And, Father, I thank you for breakthrough. Lord, I, I thank you, Father, that as we continue, Lord, to, to um, speak to these things and uh, given things by the Spirit to say concerning these things, Lord, that it's accumulating um, in our lives, Father. The same way Romans says that lies and deceptions accumulate over time, Father, Lord, your truth is greater than any lie. And it is accumulating to critical mass in our lives, in our hearts, and in our minds. And I thank you, Father, tonight that we are learning how to walk in faith, learning how, Father, on levels that perhaps we've never experienced before, how to receive, how to receive from you. You never meant for it to be hard. You never meant for it to be Uh, impossible or something that only a few folks could ever figure out Lord but Father there it's different it's different than receiving from the world it requires a reconditioning of our minds and I thank you that you're helping us with that now in Jesus name amen amen don't have English words to tell you how thankful I am for you being here and being faithful on a Wednesday night thank you thank you thank you thank you Um, I, I don't have the numbers in front of me but But normally on Wednesday night, we have anywhere from 70 to 80 people that are with us online. So I hope that encourages you. Amen. And you be blessed and know that you're loved. And we'll see you Sunday morning, if not before. Amen.